Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. It's a no-guest edition this week. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We're going to talk about the postseason coming up for a lot of these uh, fall sports here in town, here in the state of Kansas at the high school level uh, on The War Room this week. Uh, so let's. Ju- I'm just going to dive right into it, and I'm going to start with volleyball because I want to start with 4A East standings right now. I want to start talking some volleyball postseason, and I'm going to start it on Class 4A. I'm going to run you down the seeding standings uh, for Class 4A right now as it stands on Keisha's website. This may change by Monday morning when this show comes out, uh, when the standings will be finalized, and we'll see what the bracket looks like. But after talking to a few coaches, seeing a few schedules, I think this is going to hold for the most part. 4A East, you've got Baldwin at the one seed. They're 29-3. and At the two seed, you've got Independence going on down the list. Payola at three. Parsons at four. That's a big cutoff right there. Parsons doing very well at a tournament over the weekend. Uh, they go 5-1 and one at the Neodice tournament. That preserves what will likely be a top four seed for them. That'll give them a host substate. If they hold, they'll host the substate. The big question there is, will they hold off Chanute? They're a 500 team. They're, they've split matches against Chanute. And Chanute is also 21 and 12. You have Parsons at 22 and 12, Chanute at 21 and 12 listed at the on the Keisha website. Uh, and so if there's a tie there, I don't know what the tiebreaker would be. It wouldn't be head to head because the two teams are split. I believe the two teams are split against each other. Actually, let me go look at the schedule right now. I believe Parsons may have faced Chanute outside of league play at another point this year. Uh, and they indeed did and lost that match. So Parsons would lose the head-to-head over Chanute. But if Parsons holds, if Parsons holds onto that four seed, they're going to host. Chanute would be in that substate. So schedule-wise, you may not be looking at much of a difference other than either going to Chanute or going to Parsons. Chanute at the five seed. Eudora is the six seed. Fort Scott at the seven seed. Tonganoxie is the eight. Lewisburg is the ninth. Altamont, Labette County is the 10th. Holton is the 11th. Here's where it gets funny. Bishop Meage is the 12th seed. Ottawa is the 13th. Hayden is the 14th. Atchison at 15. Wamigo at 16. Iola at 17. Coffeeville at 18. The reason I want to talk about this is because if these standings hold for the postseason volleyball sub-state tournament in Class 4A on the east side, if this is what the final bracket looks like, Parsons will host a sub-state with Chanute, Lubbock County, and Holton. How exciting could that be? Holton, by the way, I am not impressed with. Wamigo, an eight-win team. They have about three or four wins over Holton. Holton, looking at their schedule, I'm not too impressed with them. Holton would be the only team I'd see incapable of getting out of that substate. You look at Lubbock County right now. Lubbock County finished runner-up at a tournament this past weekend as well. Lubbock County getting wins over Independence earlier in the week as well. Lubbock County's playing their best volleyball right now. Parsons might be playing their best volleyball right now. Chanute is on the verge of winning an SEK League title right now. You could have the last two SEK League champions and a Parsons team that is still technically in the running going into the final night of the regular season on Tuesday. You might. There's a very good possibility right now, just to be clear, the substate standings are submitted on Sunday night. Or, I'm sorry, they're submitted Monday morning, so Tuesday's games will not contribute to the substate standings. But... You might have Parsons, Chanute, and Labette County all in the same substate, and it might be at Parsons, or it might be at Chanute. How crazy will that be? How crazy of an atmosphere could exist there 
where any one of three league SEK league teams has a very, very clear path to a state tournament berth. You could have Parsons hosting a sub-state team, hosting a sub-state against the last two SEK league champions with an opportunity to go to the state tournament in what will be Brooke Hopper's final year as head coach. You could have the Chanute Blue Comets under Jory Murray, who looked terrible last year, who were very young last year. We saw the girls at Chanute last year evolve in real time over the course of a year. At volleyball, they really struggled. They started to find their way a little bit in basketball under Dustin Fox. And then by softball season rolling around, they were SEK League champions, and that momentum has carried right over to the volleyball season this winter. Or, I'm sorry, this fall. Or you could see Lebec County, a team that's made two straight state tournaments, has won two straight league titles. They won't this year. But Lebec County, who has a win over Independence, who has a win over Parsons this year, they might get out of that. And Lebec County can make it three straight. That is an insane collision of storylines in this league that I cannot wait to manifest if it happens. What an exciting time. Four, what an exciting time for volleyball in Class 4A. Let's all go on down. Let's go down the list a little bit. We'll look at Class 3A, uh, see who's uh, lo- looking good in those classes. Uh, Humboldt, ranked number two in the state right now in in, uh, in their sub-state grouping. Cherryville at 10-22, and 22, they're going to struggle. Uh, uh, Neodache is number one. Uh, Neodache, a 32-3 team. This is a team... Uh, that played Parsons over the weekend. Uh, looking at those set scores, they beat Parsons 25-19 and 25-10. Uh, Neodice, a very, very, very good team this year. Uh, I, I see, I have a very hard time believing anybody that Neodice gets out of that sub-state. Uh, Cherryville, really the only hyper-local team in there. They're 10-22. and 22. Uh, You know, they might beat Baxter Springs in that first match. Cherryville has a tournament win under its belt this year. Uh, they might uh, beat a Baxter Springs, uh, but outside of that, I don't see them getting past a Gerard or a Frontenac or a Riverton. Going down uh, to Class 2A, uh, looking at, uh, as as this Keisha webpage loads, got to love the internet speed here in the KLKC studio. Maybe I should have all the tabs open at once and I can actually be prepared for my show. All right, we're loaded up. Erie at 16 and 18. They're sitting at number three in their 2A substate seating. Erie will host the substate alongside Jayhawk Glen, Colgan, Pleasanton, our, uh, Northeast, Southeast, Central Heights, and Uniontown. Erie uh, would likely face Southeast in that first round. I imagine them getting by that, but then they would probably be matched up against the St. Mary's Colgan team. That would give them problems. St. Mary's Colgan, you got to remember, they have one of the best girls basketball programs in the area. Some of those athletes playing volleyball. Hard time, uh, you know, definitely. I think that's going to be Colgan's bracket to win. Erie sitting at the three seed, though. You never know. Uh, they're going to get, uh, they'll get, you know, a lesser opponent in that first round. They might, I see Erie getting a postseason win. Uh, going down uh, to Class 1A Division One. Uh, again, as it loads up, uh, this is where we're going to see St. Paul. Uh, and St. Paul ranked number five in the state. Uh, actually, no, we're going to see them at 1A Division Two. That is my apologies. Our only local team here is you're going to see Oswego at 10 and 26. They're the dead last team in their sub-state, which will be in Madison. They'll probably play Colony Crest in the first round, uh, and, that'll, and that'll be a tough ask. 
uh, for them. But looking at 1A, Division 2, this is where we're going to see Saint, one of, perhaps the most loaded sub-state in all of Kansas. And I'm going to tell you why here in a second as the webpage loads. We are loaded up here. 1A Division 2. The top two teams. St. Paul is number two seed. Number five in the state, St. Paul at 30 and 6. The number one seed is number two in the state, Lebo at 33 and 1. This sub-state will be at St. Paul. And Chautauqua will also be there at 0-29. Lebo and St. Paul are on the collision course for a, a sub-state title game. Looking at some of the wins Lebo has, their only loss this year coming in its fourth match of the year against Topeka Northwest Kansas Homeschool. They have wins over Chanute, over Fort Scott, the two teams that are tied for the SDK lead right now. Uh, Fredonia, Neodice, Olpe, Burlingame, Waverly, Olpe again. These the, That Lebo team is the real deal. And by the way, Lebo beat Chanute, again, a team that has a clear path to a 4A state tournament berth. Lebo beat Chanute 25-10, 25-10. Fort Scott, a team that might win a league title this year. Lebo beat them 25-22, 25-14. The two teams that might share the SCK league title this year didn't take a single set from Lebo, and that is who St. Paul would have to face in a sub-state title game. Brutal, 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 brutal sub-state in St. Paul. Will be an exciting one to watch. Might be a bit of an unfair one to watch in terms of you think that you would think that St. Paul and Lebo would both have opportunities to make the sub-state or to make the state tournament that it shouldn't be one or the other. That's why in Class 4A you have the, the seeding the way it works where every seed is determined by record. It's not these predetermined geographic sub-states. And it creates more parity. It creates more equal opportunity. And if you have a team with a losing record or about a 500 record go and make the state tournament, guess what? They pulled off an upset to do it. They earned their ticket. They, didn't, they weren't in a weak sub-state. That's something Keisha can look at. And I'm sure I know a lot of, I know classes 3A and 2A really want that. They want to do what 4, 5, and 6A do. And that is have these seated structures uh, that are determined by record and not my geography when it comes to postseason groupings. The one challenge with 1A is that there's a, there's just a ton of schools. There's so many schools that you're bound to have some weird tiebreakers in there, uh, and it'd be almost impossible to project who you would play in the postseason until the seedings were out. And at least the benefit here is St. Paul knew they always had to prepare for Lebo. That'll do it for the A block of the War Room here on KOKC Radio. When we come back, we'll look at a little bit of football, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, and some other topics here on the War Room on KOKC Radio. Don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Welcome back to the War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry, the managing sports editor of the Parsons Sun and the Chanute Tribune. Looking at uh, a quick note here on some volleyball, just a quick postscript on some volleyball talk that I gave you. Uh, Anna Dean at Labette County, the Labette County alum, doing great things at uh, Hutchinson Community College, uh, part of the Kansas Jayhawk Conference. Uh, she was uh, KJ Triple C Player of the Week once. 
uh, this year. She is currently second on the Hutch roster in blocks and fourth in kills. Anna Dean having a great year at Hutch. Great to see uh, a, a local athlete doing well in college. Uh, honestly, a, a bit criticism I have of this area is I see so many kids have so many signing days and they just don't pan out at the college level. And it's not that they don't, it's not that they're not player of the week. It's that they don't even make it to the roster come game one. Uh, you know, a lot of kids in this area uh, just, yeah, I feel like, you know, the adults here in the community, the coaches, the administrators, the teachers, the parents, the the media, everybody else, the all the adults, we can do a better job of preparing our children, uh, especially those athletes, or particularly in this case, those athletes, uh, for the rigors of college uh, so we can see more success in this area. Anna Dean clearly had it ready to go, doing great things at Hutch. Uh, great to see what she's doing up there. Hutch, by the way, sitting uh, with a great record uh, through 31 matches. They are, or through 32 matches, they are 23-9. and nine. Just a great season uh, that Hutch is having. Moving along, though, I want to talk a little bit about the football postseason. Uh, obviously, you know, we have one week left, one week left of district play uh in this in this season let's start with class 4a we'll again talk about labette county and chanute in that class uh chanute sitting at seven and oh uh they have an opportunity to lock up the number one overall seed in class 4a east this friday night as they play labette county a team sitting at two and five labette county two wins in their last three games Lebet County p- feeling a little confident about itself. And guess what? While Chanute has locked up a share of the league title, they have to beat Lebet County to get the outright title because if Lebet County were to pull off the stunner of an upset, Lebet County would hold a share of that league title as well with a win over Chanute. Now, uh, obviously, and co- with Coffeeville having two, uh, Coffeeville would also, I believe, have a share of that league title with its only loss coming to Chanute. So, Labette County, Chanute, technically an SEK League title game. I'm picking Chanute. I think most of the state is. Labette County, though, and Sean Price, they're not going to go down without a fight. Uh, I believe you look at how their season has unfolded. Like I just said, they've won two of their last three games. What more do you want out of them? Uh, you know, especially with how their seasons had gone in, in a few years prior. Labette County seems to finally be turning a corner. We'll see how that looks on the road. Uh, Friday night against the Chanute Blue Comets. Uh, number two seed is Atchison. That is the only under other undefeated team on the Class 4A East side. Atchison uh, looking to finish off their regular season with a win over Casey Wyandotte. Wyandotte sitting at 2-5. and five. Uh, They have a brutal, brutal schedule in that Kansas City area. The two wins over, are over Schlegel and Harmon. Wyandotte, uh, the last team standing in front of Atchison. For a perfect 8 and no record, Chanute, they have Labette County standing in front of them. Eudora and Miege and Lewisburg and Basil Linwood are all sitting at 3, 4, 5, and 6 at 6 and 1. Then you've got St. Thomas Aquinas at 5 and 2. Casey Piper and St. James Academy at 4 and 3. St. James with a, or I'm sorry, St. Thomas Aquinas. Actually, no, it was St. James earlier this year pulling off the, I'm sorry, it was St. James pulling off a loss to Bishop Miege. Uh, Bishop Miege earlier this year. Uh, they're sitting at six and one. Their loss came to St. Thomas Aquinas, 26, 29 to twenty six, fresh off a of forty eight to thirteen win over Blue Valley West. Bishop Meage, they're my pick to win the state title, or actually that actually no, it'll be. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, it'll be Aquinas. Aquinas is my pick to win the state title. 
Um, it could be them or me age. Uh, Chanute might be, it, I think, will make a deep run, especially given their seating. But uh, once they run into that private school buzzsaw, uh, it's going to be hard for either team that's not a private school that can't uh, selectively divert funds to athletics that doesn't have to accept every kid that walks in the door. It's going to be hard to run through that type of advantage. Uh, going down now to Class 3A, this is the talk. This is the talk now. Frontenac and Galena sitting at one at 3-0 and in District 1. The winner of that game will win the district title. That'll, that game will be on Friday night. Loser of that game will get the two seed. Parsons, two straight losses to Frontenac and Galena by a combined seven points. Those games, they play Columbus. Columbus, a one and uh, two and five team, one and two in district play. Their five losses this year are a five-point loss to Girard, a 15-point loss to Coffeyville, 14-point loss to Galena, and a 26-point uh, loss to Frontenac, and then a uh, 29-point loss to St. Mary's Colgan. That loss to Girard is the eyeball there. Columbus, a very, 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 very good two and five team. That will be, and it'll be on the road for Parsons. Parsons, if they win this game, they will get the three seed. If they lose, they will get the four seed. Parsons is going to the playoffs no matter what. But here's how it shapes up let's look at the District 2 standings. Gerard and Burlington are sitting tied at first place at three and oh. Gerard's going to win that game. I will tell you right now, Gerard's going to win that game. And I think Gerard's going to win that game by 50. Gerard and Burlington. So let's say Gerard wins. And then Burlington will get the two seed. The three seed in that district will be likely the... It will be the Prairie View Buffaloes. And then the four seed in that district will be most likely the Iola Mustangs. It will be the Iola Mustangs. Unless Anderson County is able to upset Prairie View, in which case that would force a three-way tie. Either way, you're looking at Anderson County, Iola, or Prairie View. Get in the bottom, th- one of the two of those three, get in the bottom two seeds out of District 2. District 1 and District 2 are paired in the postseason. Let's look at the path for Parsons. Parsons, if they're the three seed, they're going to have to go on the road. They will play the two seed of District 2. That would be Burlington. Now, if Parsons was the two seed, they would have hosted a Prairie View or Iola or Anderson County. But then, the playoff matchups as I have them right now, and as are likely are, Frontenac would play Iola. They'll win that game. Galena would play Prairie View. They would win that game. Parsons would play Burlington, and Gerard would play Columbus. Gerard would be Columbus. Likely again. They already have this here. So then it comes down to Parsons-Burlington. I think that's a very winnable game for Parsons. I think it's a very, very, very winnable game for Parsons. And the reason I say that is, let's look at some of these scores real quick. Burlington, sitting at 5-2 and two overall this year. They have losses to Osage City and Wellsville. They beat Prairie View by 13 points. It was a 45-32 to 32 shootout. They beat Iola by two points, 20 to 18. They beat Anderson County, 33 to 19. And they handled Osawatomie by 20 points, 
Burlington, a good but not great team. You might be able to say the same about Parsons, but I think Parsons is a lot. But you, but you look at some of those common opponents there. Parsons beat the brakes off Iola, 40-14. to 14. Parsons beat the brakes off Prairie View, 56-22. to 22. But That's a very winnable game for Parsons going up to Burlington. Then, the winner of that game would play the winner of the uh, Galena of the Galena versus Prairie View game. So you're looking at a team that either Parsons beat handily or most likely Galena, which Parsons lost on the road to by one point. They would avoid Gerard. Somehow Parsons has found a way through its two losses to end up with some postseason seeding that may be in their favor. Parsons, team to look out for. Here's another great, great team that is uh, you know, a good surprise uh, in Class 2A. In District 1, Caney Valley is going to be 3-0, and but right now they're probably going to win that district. Cherryvale, though, sitting at a very nice 4-3 and in Daniel Vaughn's first year as head coach overall. They're 2-1 in district. They've got an Eodice team in Week 8 that is 2-5 uh, and five on the year. They win that game. They're going to get the second seed out. Cherryvale going to have a home playoff game in the first week. It might come against Humboldt, which would be rough. But, because Humboldt just steamrolled, steamrolled Cherryvale this past week. Although Humboldt has, in fact, Humboldt is going to get that three seed because the two teams above them are 3-0 and each in district. But, how about a home playoff game for Cherryvale in the first week, in their first season under Daniel Vaughn? Great accomplishment for the Chargers over there. Uh, looking at some eight-man standings, eight-man one, Oswego looking comfortably at a potential two-seed in District 1. West Elk, one of the best teams in the state, uh, beat Oswego fairly comfortably. Uh, Oswego, though, locked up as the runner-up in District 1. Oswego sitting at 5-2 and two overall with one game left in the regular season against Cedarvale-Dexter. Oswego, great opportunity uh, to secure... Uh, another a home playoff game for them and Matt Fowler after a rough season that was littered with injuries last year. Matt Fowler has Oswego quickly back on track. Eight man two looking at District One. St. Paul with the three seed uh, at two and two. Uh, Colony Crest and Lebo are going to play for a district title there. Uh, but St. Paul with an opportunity to get a get a playoff game, potentially get a playoff win under their belt. Uh, St. Paul under Keith Watrick. They are four and three this year. Two and two in district play. Their week eight opponent is Marmon and Valley, another two and two opponent. Uh, if Marmon and Valley, if they win that game, they'll get the three seed. I believe that would secure a home playoff game for St. Paul, uh, if not, or at least a playoff game for St. Paul. Opportunity for St. Paul to make some noise as well. That'll do it for the War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host Sean Fry. Everybody, stay safe and God bless.